Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. GEICO's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with GEICO, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. More power to you. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Probably you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Are You Screening, the AreYouScreening.com podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, obviously, uh, Suicide Squad, because uh, it's gigantic and no one can stop talking about it. Right. And uh, even, you know, long, long before it was even close to coming out. People could not stop people talking, about, stop it. talking about, about it. So people have right. been looking at looking for this one for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just because the Internet, I think, uh, kind of exploded a little bit, uh, you know, we wouldn't normally talk about other people's reviews and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I feel like it's fair to mention at this point, since really it, it's like Ghostbusters and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, the hatred pre-release and stuff like right. that. Um, there's, there's not only were there a bunch of, uh, fairly early to early reviews that came out earlier in the week on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and stuff like that, uh, which is true of any movie, but the internet really went kind of off on the whole thing. Uh, people were, uh, disliking it rather vehemently. And the internet kind of grabbed hold. It's almost like somehow the review of the film itself kind of went a little viral in a right. weird way. And uh, people agreeing with things, disagreeing with things, whatever it was. But there was like a really serious people, response. People tried to take down Rotten Tomatoes, your favorite site. Right. Over, there, over there, the exactly. There they was uh, place go under. There was like a like, petition. Somebody like started a yeah. petition, which uh, that's, you know, the craziest of things sure. really because uh i do i do kind of like every once in a while you know it seems like <laughs> it used to be more popular uh like think? a year to two years ago whatever yeah. it was like these petitions were yeah. everywhere all of a sudden and uh it's kind of you know i don't know if it's actually gone down or if it's just not uh something that you hear about anymore yeah. um but they used to be everywhere but right. it, i actually kind of like some of these petitions that yeah. that pop up this one seems especially silly um like like who are you giving the petition to right but but that's the thing that i like when these petitions start up and it's like and then what if who you give it to who, the person who runs who you, tomatoes they're uh, like the million people are paying attention to us <laughs> i think i'm gonna stay online now right like but uh, a lot of them pop up like that, right? Where there's a petition to stop this, and right. it's like, wh- and then what? Who do you, right. who, 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 do you, who are you sending who, this to, and yeah. who cares? And it's just that uh, I've gotten a bunch of people to hate Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> at you yeah. or something. I don't we know what it is. We started that a long time ago, by the way. Uh, that's right. <laughs> the greatest petition of all, in my opinion, is the White House, where if you get a certain number of things, they are supposed to address it. Right. Uh, the press they will, they will do they will, something. They will address it, and they'll say, well, we, we don't have any comment. Right. Like, if it's something real stupid, right. like, should we really build a Death Star? Right, but they'll you know? actually pay attention to <laughs> right. you in and some I think, kind of I, semi-legitimate I think that's way. Great. If you right. get X number of signatures and it's always the same, you know, right. they will that will pay end attention. Right. Soon. That will soon. <laughs> that's just gonna get crazy. But, right. Anyway. Uh yeah, they're switch yeah. they're switching that over to uh we will put you on a watch list. Right, right. <laughs> and, I thought it was uh, funny when I saw head. when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes petition, I thought of you immediately and I thought he probably didn't start it because I he, right. he doesn't care. <laughs> and he's a little bit busier than I need to be. I needed, just don't like the yeah. the uh I guess lack of attention they pay to their own rating system. Yeah. That's what I that, that's what I don't like is that actually look at it real uh, quick too. They're uh that the whole fresh rotten thing where right. um you know the problem with it as we've said many times is that 
uh, if everyone gives a movie three right. out of five, right, yep. or five out of ten, or whatever it is, if everyone gives a movie five, all of a sudden it's the best movie of the year, right? Because it will be like ninety nine percent fresh, right. and everyone goes, "Well, then it's the greatest thing ever." <laughs> right. Except that no one said it was the greatest thing ever. Everyone said it's completely average. And, you know, it's not like that's even a bad system or there's anything wrong not with uh, having that right. system or whatever. But I feel like the site itself does not play it in the right way. It that, doesn't that, play it that they, yeah. yeah. It I feels mean, like it, their finger is always on the scale. Like you don't right, really get a right. good reading. And to be fair, you've always like, we haven't talked about this in a long time. You've always liked Rotten Tomatoes or you've always at least mentioned Rotten Tomatoes. And I always mentioned Metacritic. Metacritic's the same way, at least in user reviews. Right. Because for yeah. this, people were giving it tens before it was released. Right. Just right. in reaction to the negative reviews. And sometimes the most interesting thing is to look at the aggregate of what the reviewers do and the audience does and see. And sometimes, like with this, it's absolutely inverse. The, the audience right. has 200 positive reviews and only like 12 <laughs> right. negatives. And the positive reviews for the reviews of professionals is like 10. Right. You know, maybe not even that. And right. then there's many negatives. So it's just. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. But it is it is interesting that this so quickly like became a thing where yeah. uh, it just like, kind of it just kind of suicide squad was all over the not place. Not Batman versus Superman. Not no. something really monolithic. But people wanted this to be it, right. Right. You know. And there was a uh, you know a giant uh, I guess fan love for this movie. Yeah. Long before it ever came out. Yeah. And I think I obviously don't have any numbers, but I think just based on how much stuff they're selling, and I don't know how much of it is actually selling, except right. that it's out there and they're trying to sell it, right? Right. The amount of stuff you could buy for like oh, suicide Crazy. clothes and weird swag and all this stuff way before the movie ever came out. Yeah. You know, someone must have been buying it. Right. Right. They wouldn't come out with, you know, four dozen more shirts if right. no one bought any of the first shirts. Right. Right. And and, and the stuff is everywhere. And, and so there's a giant popular, you know, movement of just like love for the theory. Right. Whether the you idea, see it or not, the they just sure. they just love the movie. So. So, man, it was a uh, crazy, yeah. crazy reaction. And, um, and, and, you know, jumping into like news. Um, there's kind of no news to jump into, right? It's yeah. just the Olympics. Uh, right. And it, it's been an interesting summer for uh, people staying away from stuff at like certain times yeah. and like holding back on information. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, Comic-Con happened. They had to do release some stuff. We right. had to tell somebody to, something. Yeah. They had to release trailers and stuff like that. But uh, the Olympics show up and, and everyone shuts down right. again. Uh, the Olympics already pretty cool, by the way. Uh, so it's like... I haven't been watching... I've seen, I've seen clips. I, I saw the really unfortunate one of the French gymnast breaking his leg. Cause I, I, couldn't, I, didn't, I couldn't I didn't escape even that. See that. Oh my God, I guess you can escape it. I couldn't escape it. It was in every feed, every... Well, yeah, because I try not to pay attention and I just, yeah. you know, watch what I've got DVR'd. And right. uh, so I, you know, I don't watch live stuff happen. Uh, we watched, uh, <laughs> we watched, we watched the tennis game last night. That was really good. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I feel like I get more interested in the Olympics halfway through and then I start watching a bunch of it just because I'm like, right. well, I got to see how And this then you goes. go back and see what happened. Yeah. So, or, uh, but I, in the and, and then I, I there's, really there's so much that happens that there's no way yeah. to watch it all. So you're just watching the scores of stuff that already happened. And then you go, right. well, now I'll go back and try and watch that. Right. Now that I, now <laughs> now that that I know, know that it's, it's yeah. cool. Right. Anyway. So the Olympics are in full swing. Um, but so there's not really a lot of news to talk about. Nothing massive has it's strange. happened. I think, I think like the news is suicide squad. The, it it in, is in a weird that, way. Like that I really took think over too. It. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so we'll, uh, I think just jump into the movie because I know that you're, Des I can't wait. I know you absolutely can't wait. Desperate to talk. And about I want to know, you know, where you're at with this too. So this, this should be interesting. So uh, I have, I have to say, I think that I, I did some other thinking about the movie after we <laughs> saw other. it. Right. Yeah. And um, 
because we had a little bit of time. This is not like an absolute instant reaction. Yeah, right. And I will say just for, uh, I guess, like full disclosure to our fans, because everyone wants to know this stuff, um, that right when we walked out of the movie, the right. absolutely instant reaction, uh, I had kind of a, a big window, especially like compared to you. Yeah. Because uh, as we walked out, you were just going, I will find a way to make this zero. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> and you're, I can like, do it. you're like, I don't care what happens. I will find my excuse to yeah. uh, have this awful. And I was, I said, I feel like I'm, I've got this pretty large area somewhere between like one and a half and maybe all the way to like three and a half or three or three and a half or something. But I've got some like kind of big window of ratings mm-hmm. that I might be anywhere in there. And we, we talked about a few things we did or did not like about the movie. And you know, the more I thought about certain parts of the movie, um, the more I, I could not, it was like, you know, I was letting the air out of my own rating balloon, you know, because like I wanted to be at least kind of okay with it because there are a lot of things. Well, I don't know about a lot of things, but there are things that I really like about the movie. Um, There are things that I really had fun with and, you know, we'll get into all that. And the more I thought about it, the more I could not get, I could not get that window anymore. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just pretty much stuck now at like one and a half. I still didn't go any lower yeah. than uh, as low as I was going to go because there were things in the movie that, uh, you know, I said, I, I just can't not give it a star at least yeah. for having that. And, you know, there were, there were things that I, I liked about it. And, but the more that I thought about what was going on in the movie and I kind of started thinking about things in different ways, I guess I started looking at other parts of the whole picture when I had time to really mull it over. And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's got so many things. If you, um, if you start at zero, (laughs) if you, if you start, (laughs) if every movie starts at zero, yeah. And uh, that's how you work your rating system or, or how you kind of mentally, I guess, make rating movies work. If you walk in and sit down at the theater and it's zero right. because it hasn't done anything good yet. <laughs> right. And so, you know, whatever. Um, then I could see it being really hard to get anywhere. <laughs> we, and we should we talk about this if sometimes. You, Where do if you, you start? start, maybe you know, do you I, start at I, tens, feel, I feel fives like fives or zeros. Like I know it's different with each film. I feel know, like so. I feel like those are your three options. Right, you have right? to come in fresh. <laughs> if you have a, if it, you have a different option, I don't I, I don't I don't know how you get there. Why, right, yeah. but you either start at it's zero because it hasn't done anything good yet, so right. it can't be better than zero and then the movie does some good things and then maybe does some bad things which bring it back down or who knows what or you start at 10 or you start kind of at five and go well look everything is average right before i see that it right whatever yeah i feel like i kind of start at five i think i do too most of the time i feel like i kind of start at you know it's it's going to be an average movie just almost by definition Sure. <laughs> and then, Hopefully, and then, worst. and then it either can't live up to that right. or it's better than that and it or whatever. If I go yeah. see Star Trek, I'm probably at two or three to start. <laughs> if I go see, you know, if I go see, um, you know, I don't know, some weird, but pretending that you're supposed to be objective. Sure. I, I almost <laughs> always yeah. try to get to neutral ground and just say, look, you're, you're going up, you're going down, you right. know, in some aspect you're really plummeting or you're really ascending so right um so you are then this was so, the fun of this film for me isn't in seeing it or it, well i don't know if it's in reviewing it because we're doing that now and this is always fun but it was thinking about where i could put it like really <laughs> right. coming it, it isn't often that we see a film either for the show or i see a film by myself and then tell you about it where I'm like, man, this was this really got me thinking about this. Right. Like, I think about the story, the character, the it's, action. It's almost like it should get at least a half a star. Yeah. 
for being good enough just for to being, at least yeah mental talk about how horrible stuff. it is. <laughs> I'm exactly at half a star. Ah, and, okay. and and it's not because I couldn't push myself hard enough to give it a full star. I couldn't. And it's not because I could manufacture enough to give it no stars because I can. But I think that when I when I look back on the two hour film and I realize that there is, though it's not necessarily the film I really wanted to see, the first twenty to twenty five minutes, I'm I'm absolutely all right with. Right. Like I'm sure. totally okay with it. I know that this is a bunch of things that it, they're introducing to people that may not have read comic books as long as I. It had a fair enough start, although I I still even have a problem with that. But it was it, right. I it was too. all right. Even, even in the things that I enjoyed, I have problems with. Right. Which which really limits what's happening, but. <clears throat> Mostly for me, the fun in this film has been trying to non-emotionally, intellectually justify why would I rate this a zero? Why wouldn't I? Or anything. Or anything. You know, it's easy coming off, you know, Ghostbusters and coming off Independence Day and Dave and -and so-and-so need wedding stuff. You know, all these things, it's so easy to just stay in the rut of like, all right, now I'm zeroing everything. Right, like exactly. the only thing that's getting a star is something that really right. is outstanding. But, but the fun for it has been in what you and I and your son talked about after we saw the film, which is, you know, how, how do we rate things to not give them tens or zeros? You know, right. and it was like, it, again, there's so many thoughts to swim around in and to explore, which was the most fun. And I almost felt guilty wasting that energy on a film that I didn't like. Right. <laughs> right. So where is, you know, but again, I need to know this about how I feel about films because I'm that kind of geek, but I also like thinking critically about the things that are out there. Uh, you know, where am I standing? Is this like a, is this a tipping point? Like, right. am I going to and, thank Suicide Squad later for pushing me into a, a different place? It's funny because and, you'll get this, conversation or this thought process or uh, mm-hmm. critics will semi-frequently I guess yeah. let you in on how this works on the 10 side right. right but not really on the zero side and I feel like you know we're on like the 10 point rating system so yeah. y- you know I, probably most critics out there that you read are like either four or five four, stars yeah. uh, which you know we just you, it's easy enough to translate or whatever but if you're uh translate all their reviews into like 10 point scale i feel like there are actually a lot of critics out there who everything that's really like three and a half or less is zero yeah like they just kind of that's bad and it's just all all bad stuff is the same and i don't care they they run with that whole if you're not 15 minutes early you're late thing like if it doesn't hit four or five then it's trash right i agree yeah right so you you don't get a lot of uh exploration of the uh, okay these three movies are zero right but which one's worse right and that was (laughs) the thing that we were talking about when when we left and i just you know and you had good points you were like, I don't know that I can throw this at a zero. And I mean, I not to just crack you up or try to be funny. I'm like, I can, I can do that pretty easily. Even though I liked a couple things, you know, it just harkens back to films that we've seen where like that horrible, um, that horrible Jupiter ascending film. Oh yeah. You know, and, and we both agreed, man, the ap- FX were amazing. After, that's not enough. After to, this you know, summer, I would watch that again. <laughs> I if, watch a bunch if, of if, our worst if, films. If I was really yeah, like pressed into something. I think, I think something. about films like where we were talking about, there's a couple scenes in the film that are really good. And, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not good enough for me right. to give it more than like half a star because it, it's like saying, well, the acting was bad. The story was bad. The music was horrible, but the effects were pretty cool. Right. You know? And I'm like, I don't watch a movie for effects. I'm, I'm supposed to try to evaluate whether or not the film is good on all of its merits. Now, if we want to just talk about the effects, okay, great. It gets this. Right. You know, Will Smith is really good in this film for what he's doing. Um, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis. I think those three do enough to come out relatively unscathed. Everybody else is just as forgettable as everybody else. The stuff that brings it down for me and really is like, cement blocks on your ankles pushing you off a wharf kind of bringing you down jared leto with the joker and who's a watch it for zool the enchantress <laughs> who's my what? and and that's the uh, interesting uh, Del, stuff. Della, De, Della, um 
I should bring it she up. She was in Paper Towns. Right. And actually, I actually and she's I kind of like her. She's good in the beginning, but when she becomes enchantressized, right. It's horrible. It's, it's like this weird it, it, like It's also it, it's funny in this movie because I actually I like her in Paper Towns and she is like a young supermodel turned like actress person and she's right. been in a few things. And uh, she was recently in Paper Towns, and I liked her in that. And I like her in this. Uh, to the you obviously don't get a lot of her anyway. Right. You get like you, a, you get a little bit of her. Yeah, Cara Delevingne. Uh, where in the beginning, so the Suicide Squad right comes together where they have they have caught one way or another all of these metahumans as they call them, right. which. Um, you know, some of them are not exactly right. anyway, but yeah. they're, uh, and you, you know, you've got like Killer Croc and obviously Deadshot and right. uh, Harley Quinn and, and all this. And, and Harley Quinn, oddly, uh, is the best thing about the movie, but makes the least sense. And, and obviously there's a comic book out right. there that this is based on and Harley Quinn's in it. But Harley Quinn actually has nothing except craziness. Right. She doesn't actually bring anything to the table except that she's the only person that's fun to watch <laughs> in the movie. Right. She's the only – And the only one that looks she, good in she, her outfit. Right. No and, one else would look good in that. Right. So, and we, uh, we have to have a right. woman right. and have the ability to sell tickets right. to uh, – as broad a base as possible who knows whatever right. but whatever. she's in the comic book but if you actually like kind of try to piece this together uh, yeah. especially from the crazy government woman who's running it who's putting this together as our response to like superman like right. we have no defense to superman and the only way we're going to get one is if we can force these bad guys into working for us right. um but still, if you actually have to think about it for a second, whether she's in the comic book or not, Harley Quinn doesn't make any sense. She right. doesn't have any powers. Right. She doesn't have anything about her except the fact that she's uh, nuts in her own special way. And she's got a baseball bat and a big gun, but that's meaningless in the company she's in. Right. She's just, uh, you know, theoretically would just be in the way. Right. So it's odd. It's just not that that's good or bad. Harley Quinn's, you know, still out there. She's a character that exists. And if you want to have her, fine. It's just that it feels odd some of the times, especially when they really get into the fighting. It just, you're like, huh. And it, and it just seems odd that she's yeah. there, especially when you've got her standing next to Deadshot. One of them's useless, and it's not him. Right. <laughs> right. That's just how that's going to go. Anyway, but... um the odd thing about the movie too is um and we should talk about the director actually um david, yeah, david ayer david ayer who who is interesting but before we like get too far into the movie i feel like we should talk about him he you know has uh written and directed several things and then written a few things that he did not direct right and he is kind of in this weird place uh until now because it's suicide squad and everyone's going to know him but he's in this weird place where he's in movies he's done movies that people like yep. but you don't really necessarily know he did them right uh you, you know he movies did, i liked he did uh, training day fast and the furious yeah he he, he wrote he right uh, i don't think he directed um, he might he might have actually he i don't, I don't know but he wrote the original right. fast and the furious at the right. very least which um, obviously, you know, people like, and right. uh, and then oddly, also he's, oh, yeah, let's see. you know, right. sir, not following up with any of the right. next movies, which is weird. Uh, kind of for that franchise, it seems a little weird. Anyway, that uh, he's out of that. But anyway, he's yeah. he's done, and he did like a end of watch, I remember which end of watch too, which was yeah. not a great movie or a movie that really right. like blew anyone away and became really popular, but right. it was kind of like this sort of sleeper thing yep. where uh, a lot of people liked it and it was pretty good. It's pretty it, good. It, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't anything like yeah. that. But anyway, he's, he's got this background kind of for a certain kind of movie. Right. And he, he really likes cop movies uh, yeah, or, or things. things to do with like, 
yeah. legal whatever, right? That's kind of his basic wheelhouse. And then all of a sudden he's in this. Right. And it's it's odd. And virtually everything that I don't like about this movie, I know that we will differ on this a little bit, but virtually everything that I, I don't like about this movie is 100% his fault. Even uh, some of the things that don't immediately seem like they're his fault because, uh, like I said, we have differing views on this. Yeah. Uh, Jared Leto is the worst Joker. Yeah. There's, we agree there's, there. there's ever been, yeah. but I still blame David Ayer for that a lot more than I blame him. I feel like he still has some blame uh, because I feel like he probably had a pretty free reign uh, is, to do things more or less the way he wanted to do them. But it's still the yeah. director you, that wanted this Joker this way yeah, and worked whatever he was going to work to right. have at least something like this. Like I said, I feel yeah. like at this point when we're making this movie, uh, Leto probably had uh, a lot of leash sure. um, to do what he wanted. But still, at some point, you got to go, well, no, you can't do that I'm, I think <laughs> or whatever. You, right. I think you know this, um, but I don't know how much of those listening to us know. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the biggest thing going on with the film right now is kind of like the whole dust up over the same, the same aspect of Fantastic Forest problems, which is you have a director at odds with the studio. The stuff that seems to be going around right now, uh, no one's really doing um like put my name on it but i remember seeing last night this thing and it's not the end all be all of publications but the the reporter who wrote for the hollywood reporter had a bunch of people from the studio kind of unofficially saying yeah david ayer turned in a great script and actually has a lot of really good stuff the problem is the studio saw the reaction that the first trailer got more in line with guardians of the galaxy than Christopher Nolan or Zack Snyder's stuff. Right. And they created a different edit of his film that was more comedic and right. it didn't sit with what air was doing. And then in the end, when they got the test audiences to look at it, they just mashed them together. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Cause a lot of the problems with this film that I'm sure you were going to get to, and I'll just throw out quick are pacing story character. Like things right. don't stay consistent. Things are just very hush, rush, rush, They're, blow something up. But in that regard, again, I can only, I can only feel the way I feel about this movie, much like we had this come up when we were in line for Batman versus Superman, we were going to see this, someone that we we ran into said, you know, you're going to see the extended edit. It's much better. And I always love your reaction, which is <laughs> hell no. Why would I do that again? Cause your feeling though is intellectually sound. You know, it's like I, the problems that I have with that film, I don't think you can fix by adding another half hour. And, and of course right. I, I think that's probably quite reasonable. I'm curious to see it. And I know I probably will at some point. If the film was taken away from him, it truly, and and it certainly doesn't seem like anything else the guy's done, you know, from Training Day to SWAT to, you know, all these other films. And we get this. I, I don't know that I have to review the film that we saw. And it's, it's bad. Right. And it's bad. And it's got his name on it. You know, he could have Alan Smithied himself right off it if he wanted. But um, I wonder if there's a lot there that we haven't seen that is it, better and that is you know, his credit I, or death. I, I like, think, I don't know I how think much that it could be. Him. I think that it could be, but he wrote it and he directed it. Yeah. And this yeah. stuff still got filmed. I, even I if you, it's bad. Even if you edit it together in a different way, even if there are a few scenes that were cut out where it's like, you know, it's like the Batman versus Superman thing right. with the uh, extended whatever. There are movies out there that I'm like, you know, if you put another half hour and right. put it together in a different way. I'll give you a chance on that. Right, it was right. a, it was an okay movie right. and maybe it's a lot better than when I originally saw it. Yeah. But you can't take, like you that. can't take nothing. <laughs> right. And then put 30 more minutes of anything in it. 30. And then suddenly it's, it's going to be a good right, movie. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just every, not how that works. Every single time, like what you were just saying to get you, you know, you're going to go back to it, but every single time after the first time when Jared Leto's Joker came on screen, I was like, Oh God. Come yeah. On. 
don't don't do this anymore. Yeah, it was uh, it, 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 it was it was it was, it was really bad. But the, uh, going back to the enchantress, the thing that was oh, uh, especially odd about her, and you know, this is like not an editing thing either. The thing right. that's weird about her for me is when she's in the first part of the movie, you don't get enough of her to really say she was great or anything. Right. I, I don't know if you ever do because you don't look at her very often, right? Yeah. So she could be uh, kind of over the top and it's a little goofy or something like that, but you don't get a lot of her. But at, at least in the first part of the movie, she's trying to do something. And after that point, it's not even necessarily her, but I think maybe it's also her, yeah. but they're not even trying to do anything with that villain. There's <laughs> right. just like CGI over her face right. of a whole bunch of stuff. You get late enough in the movie and she even like moves weird. I know. Is, uh, that's what I was trying to say. Like she's there. Like, there's some, weird, there's some weird thing uh, before the portal robot malfunction yeah moving around she looks like that one of those she does things outside car dealerships the, the, floating, <laughs> yeah, right. the weird arm thing but it looks like it's in reverse and, it's and really that's strange. not really her because no, that's not that's her not her that's that's fx and that's because they make her look like this right and it's <laughs> she's just got a green suit on and her face <laughs> right and right other than that everything else she's just trying to make something happen with that but yeah. anyway um the the character is terrible whether it's right. her fault or not, I don't think you can blame her too much for it. Right. Although, it, uh, you know, she's acting a little cheesy at, at the end either way. She's acting like Eddie Redmayne, Jupiter Ascending. He, he kind of, Danish yeah. girl cheesy to me. Like, and, I don't... And what's weird about that, that, too, is uh, she is far and away, uh, probably, anyway, the least experienced person working on this so. set, right? right? There's a bunch of... Yeah. And... When she's working with uh, Leto, mm -hmm. who is the most god-awful caricature of nothing, right? <laughs> being the Joker, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe she's kind of taking some cues from him and going, oh. I guess we're doing, uh, we're doing this wacky, <laughs> over-the-top, whatever, you know? Right. Uh, Leto in this movie is such a, a weird thing at all he's uh he's a weird interpretation of the joker and uh one that you know kind of do anything anyway right but beyond that he's so comical and cornball and just bonkers right right and you know the the weird thing about harley quinn i liked harley quinn i liked margot robbie in it i liked uh the character and everything the weird thing about it is uh after we left you and i was uh talking to my son about the movie it's like you know what's weird because we were talking about the joker and the different jokers and the different jokers that have been in the comics and, right and w which one is this supposed to be because right. there are three and they're different and they're supposed to be different and blah 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 and I was like, you know, what's uh, screwing me up in my head with this movie is that Harley Quinn was actually the Joker. And she was a way better Joker than the Joker. Right. Harley Quinn was not even absolutely, I don't think, Harley Quinn. Um, she was uh, pretty, maybe kind of close. They're obviously yeah. supposed to be kind of close right. as characters right. anyway. But she was actually given me a joker yeah <laughs> and right. and the joker was being the you know trying to have them face off with each other and right. talk to each other and it was such a weird there's like this gulf in between them yeah and yet they're supposed to both be kind of working the same right. you right. know angle it was it was bonkers and when it got even weirder when they would show you stuff in the movie that they didn't need to show you and right. didn't make any sense was completely unnecessary like when they show her uh like falling into that vat of chemicals yeah. and the joker goes after her, there there's no reason for that we don't need that for anything except uh i guess in some sense where in the beginning of the movie which as we said before it's okay they're spelling out everybody's story right. they're giving us dead shots backstory they're yeah. doing it in a really like goofy way yeah but you know still it was kind of fun and it was they like were okay fun with it. i yeah and, so and, I. and i don't like that they did it that way right because it's cheap and easy and right. and
and, you know, kind of like uh, almost insulting in a way that they're spelling things out for you in this weird way. I don't like that in general, but it was okay. They were doing an okay job with it. And, uh, and they at least, uh, you know, Captain Boomerang yeah. got someone to pay attention to him for five seconds in the movie. <laughs> right. So at least there's that. Right. Cause otherwise you'd go halfway through the movie and not remember his name. Right. Right. I right. mean, they don't pay any attention to him during it. Um, but like, as that part of the movie's going on, I'm not going, well, I hate this. Right. And this is awful. Right. It's just that it, you know, it's not great. It's just lazy. And so I don't know, they're like stuck in that mode. And so they figure we have to keep throwing these things out over and over. We have to, you know, Deadshot has to keep thinking about his kid right. and <laughs> Harley Quinn has to keep thinking about the Joker. So we have to keep having these flashbacks. It's almost like, uh, you know, because we did it before we have to do it some more, right. even though, even though we don't need it and it's not helping anything. Yeah. And in Harley Quinn's case, it's making everything worse because you're taking these spans of time where you actually develop her character. Like she's the only character really that I think truly uh, has any thought process that we're aware of that has any emotion that's like meaningful. They try to do it with Deadshot. Right. And kind of in a similar way, except when they do it with Deadshot, it's so cheesy and kind of over the top, almost comical in the way that the Joker is in the movie. Right. So that when you see Deadshot doing it, it's like he might as well just have flashbacks to his childhood where someone slaughtered all his dogs. Right. Like right. someone showed up every week with a new dog, gave it to him, let him fall in love with it, and then killed, killed it. it. And then wouldn't you feel bad? But it would right. be stupid, right? But yeah. it's the same sort of thing. It's so, <laughs> it's so over the top, played out stuff with his daughter Batman's there at the time that his daughter's there and stuff. It's so cheesy. And with Harley Quinn, they actually kind of do a good job with it. I think they give her reasons to have emotions. They give her uh, actual reasons to uh, kind of think about her life and what she's doing. She's really crazy and kind of committed to it. But then every once in a while, she kind of wonders mm -hmm. about herself and right. stuff. And you're like, you, whenever she turns up, you're like, well, what movie am I watching now? Because this is right. a whole other thing where we're actually paying attention to characters yeah. and thinking that they might be people. And then you jump back right into somebody else who's right. nonsensical yeah. and, you know, whatever. And you've got your your actual villain who is, uh, is it Viola Davis? Um, who plays Amanda Waller. Who's the, uh, I think, yeah, the government, the government person agent, yeah. who's in charge of yep. them. Yeah. And she's as nonsensical as any of them. Right. I mean, she's uh, at somewhere in a script that maybe David Ayer was working on. Yeah. We actually do something with her. And she yeah, probably and she, I don't know, has a bit of depth to her or something. But in the movie that we get, she might as well just be like a floating black hat. Right. I mean, she's just, right. <laughs> she's just, uh, you know, and like being, <laughs> yeah. being crazy at you. And we, we look at her for a little while and we're like, oh, it's this movie. And then we look at yeah. Margot Robbie and we're like, oh, it's this movie. And then we look at it, Will Smith for a while and we're like, well, all right. Man, I, I mean, it, it's, it's know, like all these different yeah. things it's doing and I guess levels it's trying to have. It, it, it's There's a bunch of stuff in there that is compartmentalized and you try to stretch it out. Like in a lot of ways, the film, I don't know if it is intended to be that way or if I'm just comparing it to something that's more successful. And it's easy to compare it to the Marvel films, but I'll be damned if it just doesn't feel like it. You know, take... Somebody, it feels like someone said, sit down, not, not David Ayer either, but I mean like the edits or whatever is working. I think it felt like in the, in the bash and the follow-up to Batman versus Superman, <clears throat> excuse me, it felt like somebody just said, look, what are they doing that's working? Because they're running the gamut from Civil War to Guardians of the Galaxy. Now we, we don't have enough for Civil War, but can't we make this Guardians of the Galaxy? Right. And it feels like 
you know, from the weird stuff that I noticed, you know, it almost is like these decisions that, again, I can't let David Ayer off the hook because, like you said, he and in a weird, very singular way, um, not even not even uh, Zack Snyder did this, uh, or or you know, one of my favorites, not even Christopher Nolan did this. Nobody who's done a Marvel property or a DC property that I can think of has written and directed it by themselves. Like this is him. Right. Like everybody else right. had somebody else doing work with them. Nolan had other writers and, you know, you can't attribute it all to them. But in this case, yeah, you, you have to, unless he comes out and says the studio screwed me, you right. know, he's the guy that this falls upon. It, Viola Davis is just Nick Fury without an eye patch. She shows up. She's real tough. She's got all the answers. She's got all the Intel. She disappears. And Ex- like, the except, and, uh, yes, except I think you got to qualify that with, um, uh, unless, we hate Nick Fury. Right. Well, she is, she is exactly kind of, you know, in the filling that role sure. on the bullet point list, she's going to be the Nick Fury. He's not awful. Right. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, but, and Viola Davis is talented, you know, but we're still going to put her in this scene where she has to be our Nick Fury. We've got all the guardians and what worked for them. Well, we'll make it slapsticky and we'll infuse music. Like the moment they started playing queen, and I'm like, you sons of bitches. Right. You're, you're just copying what others have done to try to steal the success. And because you don't know what made that movie successful, because the movie you have here is a trash heap of unmotivated characters, no plot, no good story. You've got characters who are introduced and then reintroduced. Some characters were introduced twice, and others weren't even introduced at all. Right. Like, it's just so weird and hamstrung. And, and but hey, and we, some, we know some what, were so sadly there for right. like five just seconds. Just a few seconds. You know, that was we know, so ridiculous. If you sit down and you watch what made Guardians really great, had a pretty contemporarily cool, you know, classic rock soundtrack, let's do that. Right. And let's, you know, so it just it's feels... like if you watch, uh, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy or something, like with the sound off. Right. And you, not even in order. Yeah. And then sort of tried to make an outline of what happened right. in the various parts that you were right. seeing. And let's do. And then like go. That. I don't know. Do an outline that. Do we have any characters you know, that fills, nobody has? Fills the same. Yeah. I same mean, thing. I, I feel like there was talent in this film, and and as we've said, Margot Robbie, you know, Viola Davis, definitely Will Smith. You know, these these people are, you know, they're in a film with a really bad script. And and the problem with that is then the really bad scripts, the really bad script rather gets funneled through a really horrendous, if not contested, editing device. Right. And then you know then what you've got is you've got no time to fix it. You got to throw something on it and make people and, love and it. You, and you've got to you know especially if you think about these people that we have, what they have to do. Right. Yeah. Um, they've all got the same horrible script. Right. And, yeah. and and they've all uh, nobody with the exception of I think Harley Quinn has a better chance than anyone yeah. else to uh, do something positive with her role. Right. But you've got Will Smith and I think Will Smith probably does the best job, even though I didn't I didn't quite love him in the movie. Right. But I liked him enough. He does. Uh, probably the best job that anyone's going to do right. with trying to salvage this character yeah. and play a role that you can at least not have to hide and shame. Right. 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 And I think on the flip side of that is Viola Davis, who sure. I think uh, just went, all right, this is what you want. Right. Then this, I can do this. You know, she's, uh, she's she, at this point for me, she's so far gone in her yeah. TV role. <laughs> which yeah. which is really like a cartoon right uh that you know she showed up for this and went all right and, and just did that and she is not only playing a horrible character but she's playing it just so yeah you know like by the book that she's given and doesn't really do anything with it and it's and will smith I think by contrast, even right. though, like I said, I don't love him. He's at least trying to make right. something out of it and get something to happen with it. And I think actually some of the other people are too. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Captain Boomerang or whatever. Right. That's, you've got nothing to work with there. Right. And, you know, I still didn't hate him. Right. Uh, the actor. Right. I, I think the actor 
you know, pr- tried like hell. He felt to me watching the movie, he felt to me like the guy who most went, damn. Right. Yeah. Like, I need this money yeah. <laughs> or, you know, whatever, yeah. like I need this job I and I want to do it. Yeah. And he's like, ah, and he, you know, was fighting for his life acting. Right. I, I think. And, you know, he couldn't make it work. Right. But it, I think he gave he's it a not. hell of a try. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and like you said, they, they're doing the best with what they can with what they've been given too. And I, and I mean, some of the stuff, and it's not just, you know, I can't just, harp on because summer films especially superhero films especially in the vein that this film is going in they're going to have throwaway lines like when harley quinn has that oh that's a killer app right i, I almost groaned i'm like right. no, don't write that and if right. you do you make someone like george lucas come to your set and go people don't really talk like that right like if you can make that guy who can't write dialogue say these things you know harley quinn's a really interesting one for me in in some ways she's in in the comics she is enhanced so that she is dangerous you know, she's not just a woman who's a psychiatrist. You know, it's not that she's unstoppable, but she certainly has attributes, but they don't give her any of them here. No. Crazy's enough, like right. you said. She's she's really peculiar in a way because in a lot of the reasons why, as a character, she shouldn't work, it's kind of like, not to politicize it, but it's easy to just say it's kind of Trumpish. Like what she's doing as a character most people, and she's beloved by women, like she's got like all these things in an abusive relationship that she stays with the Joker that they don't flesh out. She is by far the most fan service MacGuffin for the film, in yeah. my opinion. And she is as a construct in, in many ways, like Boba Fett, you know, Boba Fett was originally started off to just be this disposable character that was going to die. Nobody cared about him. But for some strange reason, everybody got behind him. And now he's in every scene that right, can be right. done. He's marketed. He's, he's the guy, you know. And, and Harley Quinn was a very disposable character in one episode of the animated series in the 90s. Right. And she was supposed to go, but people loved her. So they, there's now this representation of fan service here. And the stuff that they had her do, for the most part, I thought, gave the film like 20 minutes. Right. You know, because she's real popular. So let's give people what they want. Thank God they got Margot Robbie to do it because she was, I, I thought she did very well with what she did. Um, the stuff that's there with the Joker that's supposed to facilitate like this draw for her, because the idea behind the Suicide Squad, like you mentioned, is that Viola Davis's character and the government, they find a weak link for everybody so they can leverage them to do the things that they're going to need dirty work done for. Okay. Hers is, you know, still a little weird, which... Which is in itself, I think we should point out a massive writing flaw in sure. the script because that's not actually what they do. Right. Exactly. It's it's a great premise, which but is it's not what they do. Really weird. It is. Right. And even so, you know, I've bashed the film. I only gave it half a star, but I'll tell you some of the things that I liked besides the three that I keep mentioning. I actually really liked the first part of that story where they've leveraged um, the military liaison, the captain who's on their right, side, right. his relationship with the enchantress when she's not the enchantress, she's a doctor. And then un- it was really great. It was it, fascinating. It, and fun. it was and it, cool. They explored it. It was effective. And, and, and it, it felt effective. It, it was, and it felt very, uh, it was the only thing I think in the whole movie right. that felt like you knew what a comic book was. This, that's what I was getting to. It was the thing that they did most that they felt like they earned. Right. Everything else, when they throw, you know, when they throw the Joker in there, <clears throat> here's the big problem with it. Not just because I don't like Jared Leto's, you know, insane clown posse version of the Joker. Okay, right. I, I don't. But it's it's built upon the knowledge that I have as an audience member that I know who the Joker is already. So right. I'll just take what I'm given. Right. And in some ways they don't do that with Deadshot, you know, because nobody really knows him. He's kind of an ancillary character. Right. But, the, so they build him a little like they guardian, like guardians of the galaxy. Right. This whole, the whole movie is based on, you don't know these. People. Exactly. So right. that there's, there's an incredible sandbox there to play with. You have all the opportunities and you also afford your actors an ability to create a character instead of just fill the suit. Right. You know, in some ways, I feel like Harley Quinn just filled the suit, both literally and then kind of metaphorically, because she's so popular, we got to drop somebody in, and she'll be good enough to carry the fan base. But if she's in the film, we got to have the Joker, so let's throw him in. Right. So, but his attempt at this, artistically aside, is just so hollow. It's just so dependent on my doing all the heavy lifting for everything 
that comes before it. Therefore, it's just a distraction. And yeah. if you remove, like, I think you started to hint at this. I might have interrupted you before you even said it, but you take the Joker out of this film, it's no better and it's no worse. It's probably better. I think it's, but it's, I, it's I no think worse. it's better. Like you don't, he's not integral to any part of the plot except to motivate Harley Quinn, but you can always find another motivation. But like you just said, the motivations that they use as linchpins aren't even used anyway. Right. They don't, they don't you know, use any of them that, except that they want to show these things right. about the characters and be able to talk about and, this stuff and like, you know, talk about Will Smith's kid. Right. And sure. And the only one that I think has any gravity to it is that guy who's in love with the Enchantress. And right. And strangely and, enough, and then they I loved that. I, I did too. Like, and, 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 and then they, and it only works for him because he's right. the, he's the only person that they're not going to stick a bomb in his neck. Right. 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 <laughs> because and, he has to have the key to the bombs in the neck. Right. right? And, and strangely enough, her, her early adaptation before she turns into the crappy Zool that I keep talking about is, is really interesting to me. DC has this thing where maybe they'll do it, maybe they won't, but her just channeling the enchantress by saying her name is right. kind of like, it's kind of like reminding me of Shazam. Well, yeah, it is. You just say this and all right. of a sudden it's there. And I'm like, she, she at once is like dark Shazam and kind of like Calypso from the um, Pirates of the Caribbean film where you got, you know, or, or David Jones, where you got heart right, and right, you right. like contain and all these things. And I was so interested in watching just them two. Right. I wanted that story. That, that was actually, else. that was actually interesting. And the weird thing about that too, I mean, I don't know how weird it is, but there's a part where they're at the beginning, they're trying to sell the thing. Right. They're trying to convince whoever else that this is a thing that we should do. Yeah. And then we have her there and she brings out the Enchantress and the Enchantress steals the yeah, that Iranian the, thing. The thing from the Iranian bunker or whatever yeah. by teleporting herself there in like one second. Yeah. And then we don't need her anymore, so then we tell her to go away or whatever. And then right. we've got normal person and she's like, I can't do that anymore and everything. Right. That whole scene, which is like maybe five minutes and right. it might not even be five minutes. That's like easily the most effective thing that happens in the whole movie yep. is it's, it's like they filmed that first yeah, and then gave the movie away. <laughs> right. And, or and then, who's in that room and, and this person does this amazing thing and the, the war general there, he's like, uh, you know, we've been looking for this forever. We needed this. And I'm thinking, well, this is the part where I say we don't need a team. Just keep that one. Right. Because right, right, what right. is she going to need to do? You right. know? And again, like you said, the premise is, and though it is faulted, I still like the presentation of it when they're saying Superman's on our side. What right, happens right, when the next right. one isn't? We're going to bring someone down. And I'm like, Mr. Boomerang and Crockface and, you know, Diablo guy, these guys aren't going to bring down nobody right. except your average gangbanger you know, that's out of control. And, and then, the, you know, like we're saying, the weird, like Harley Quinn does not do anything. Right. She, she does not bring anything to the table. Uh, the killer croc, maybe in certain situations, which we happen to make available for him right. in, in the movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like the Captain Boomerang, he, he kind of does nothing really. really? He, he serves yeah. no purpose. And, and then to say, this is a team. Like you're yeah. trying to sell me on the upcoming Justice League right. teamness of stuff, right? Yeah. Except that you've got. I mean, I I loved Harley Quinn in this movie. Yeah, I, I thought she was actually great, and I thought most everything that I liked about the movie had to do with her, or like we said, like the beginning parts yeah. that we totally abandoned of the Enchantress. Yeah. But Harley Quinn, not only did I like a lot of the stuff that she was doing, but we had like some development to her. Yeah, she had things right. that you know were happening and that she thought about and you know whatever she had to kind of explore herself a little bit and whatever we actually were doing something as a movie when she was in it yep and you know for me the one of the reasons i had to give it some stars uh, <laughs> even though i didn't you yeah. know really give it much if you took all of the harley quinn stuff and not when she's actually with the Joker, right? but like everything else and just cut all that together. And someone showed it to you and said, we're thinking about making a movie. Here's this character out of the movie. Right. I'd be on board sure. with that movie. Sure. I'd be like, make that. Yep. Yeah. Here's, that. here's a bunch of money. Make that. And it. then it turns out that everything else is going to be crap. Yeah. And you didn't know that, yeah. but 
but still I liked so much of those parts. And uh, before we go uh, start going like way over time, yeah. because we could probably talk about this movie like, forever, oddly, right. even though we Weirdly both, enough. we both hate it, but you said yeah. that's where you get your half a star is that uh, it yeah. has stuff to talk about. Yeah. But one of the things that I thought about, the more I thought about the movie that really, really brought me down even more. And I just could not get any higher was that pretty much every part of this movie felt like the way this movie was made. First of all, this movie was made by someone who doesn't like comic books, doesn't under, you know, and we've said this before once, once in a while about comic book movies, you know, made by somebody who doesn't understand why people like comic book movies, but has seen a comic book and, you know, seen like the little pow thing or, you know, like watched Batman in the sixties and seventies or, you know, whatever. And just like, uh, why attach yourself to this movie if you don't like comic book movies and you don't get them or whatever, this is like a movie by someone who watched, the dark Knight, the original dark Knight, and, and went, uh, yeah, that's not so great. I can do better than that. Yeah. But like, like, right. it's just, it's, um, either that, or they just think, um, you know, that the idea of comic books itself, they could do better. Right. Like you're doing comic books wrong. Here's what comic right. books should really be like. I don't know, but it, the movie just feels like it's made by somebody who doesn't like comic books yeah. and is practically trying to convince you not to like comic books yeah, or right. something. Yeah. But the thing that uh, kind of came out of my thought process was like every part of this movie feels like if you took like every five minutes of this movie, they're all made by the movie feels like there are maybe 50 teams of people who uh, none of them are allowed to see the other parts of the movie. And they like, they like make their five minutes. They don't know where it fits into the story. They don't know why it fits into the story. None of them have a complete script. They only have the exact, the exact part. So they, and they get like a general idea of what's supposed to happen. And a lot of, a lot of that came because I, it, what, I guess kept popping into my mind was some of the goofy like comic book things that you didn't need, like all of the shells falling that we had to watch all the time. Yeah. That was just odd. And the, um, you know, the enchantress turns people into these weird bubbly goo monsters that attack people and can get shot and everything. But everything that happens, you go like another five minutes and all of a sudden it feels like you're watching something that's not actually related to what you just watched. Right. It's like we cut and do another scene and it's, uh, you know, it, that's each scene feels like it could be the first day of shooting. Like we had no idea what else was going on, right. and, but we're shooting this and and none of it connects. Like you said, it's got weird pacing problems and maybe this is uh, like studios taking over and the well, studios have all the money and they're, you know, there is a lot of this movie that feels like it's made by people who, you know, really should be starting their own pizza franchise or right. something because they just are want to make a bunch of money. And they're like, I think that this is how right. I make this a bunch of money. Go. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if the movie's good or not. Right. There's uh, it, there's actually in the weird, I think, space that movies are in right now and theatrical releases are in and who knows uh, what the future holds in like five years for what that's even going to mean. Right. I feel like there's uh, some movies have like a big push toward, uh, the, you know, the movie doesn't matter and like ratings don't matter anymore because the initial push of ticket sales is all that's really going to matter. You know, it's like the first three days, the people who are, we're going to get to see it in the first three days are going to see it no matter who says what about anything. And the people who are going to see it the next weekend, maybe if people are talking about it uh, in a big way is really like, secondary i don't really care about that what i care about is how many people can i get to want to see it from the trailer and then if it turns out that it's garbage and everyone hates it 
I still have their money. Right. After, yeah. after they hated it, they yeah. don't, they don't get their money back, you yeah. know? And I, you know, I don't know. There's, there's just this, the more I thought about this movie, the, the more all I could imagine was nobody doing anything in this movie seems to know what anyone else is doing. Yeah. There are, there are these little like five minute bursts that are really good or at least pretty good. Right. Right. Or at least passable. There are several times in the movie that Harley Quinn at least uh, gets you to where you kind of start thinking maybe something better is going to start happening. Yeah. So it's at least like that kind of positive and you jump right into something else where you're like, who made this? Right. This person was not watching this movie. What a conundrum she is because the more, the more we got through the film, the more the Joker kept popping up in scenes or flashbacks to the point where I was like, I like her. I don't want to stop seeing her because right, it right. means I got to keep seeing him. Right. Right. And it's hard when you're watching a movie and that's the feeling that you're having yeah. as time's going on. And, you know, like you said, uh, the Joker, imagine the Joker's just not in this at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the movie would be better. There's nothing good yeah. comes of the Joker the actu yeah. actually being in there. Yeah. And it's just, it's so weirdly, it's such a weird character. And especially with all the stuff that people were talking about, like him during the production and playing right. pranks on people because, sure. you know, he's so method right, right. or whatever. And, you know, being method if he's if, when method, you're the Joker is yeah. a problem, right? right. Because there should it, be body bags. If, you, if you're method, if you're method enough, yeah. when you're playing an insane person, right. bad things are going to happen, I yeah. guess, yeah. is the story. But if that's the problem, like he doesn't get method. Uh, right. Sorry, right. <laughs> but that's, that's, you don't uh, method your way into uh, being a goofball caricature unless your story is right. the Joker is a goofball <laughs> clown, yeah. nonsensical caricature. And so now I have yeah. to figure out how to be exactly that or whatever yeah. it is. But, uh, you know, like you, you were saying, he could not be in it. He could really easily have not been in it at all. Yeah. She could just because the movie demands that we'd know everything we need right. to know about the Joker anyway. He could just have a picture of, or, you right. know, she could have a picture of him that she looks at. Right. We could see like a flashback where we we do get a couple of cameo spots from Batman. Right. Where uh, Batman is uh, obviously responsible for at least some of these being locked up, yeah. so that we have them to force into servitude. Right. And so we do see a little bit of the Batman, you know, we could have like a really short clip of the Batman going up against him and she's right. there, which we do have, but we could have that, you know, in a very different way where we don't really need to try and sell him at all. Right. We just, you know, that's even, we could, she could think about him right, and just and be, be looking there. at a picture of him and we know who she is and we know who he is. And he's not adding anything to our thoughts about the Joker right. anyway. One of the one of the worst in you know, a world. I, I don't have to say too much more than this, but one of the worst things because you reminded me of it. You know, the scene where we see her early on trying to treat the Joker when she's still, you know, a, a normal human being, and then he corrupts her. She falls for him. However, that happens. It right. doesn't really happen. They say it happens, and they film a scene of her saying, "I, you know, I love you," or right. you, know, you know, all these things. The worst thing you can do in a movie is just tell people something. You got to show it, right? You know, show don't right. tell. And, and not, this is a film full of not the only not only it's so weird. Uh, now that you bring that up, not only do they just say that's what happened, right? And what's kind of awful about it for a person watching a movie is they say it happened, and then they sh what they show you is parts where either. Uh, it's way already happened, right? It's beyond or production. It's or it's way before it actually right. happens, and we don't need any of that. Mm -hmm. And the worst part of that is if you're going to have scenes from this span of time, right? You've completely wasted it because right. you could have actually done something interesting there. Yeah, you could have made. Uh, you could have given us, you know, it's like what they were trying to give us there was the Joker and right. what they should have been trying to give us was the character that's actually in this movie. Right. And, and they went the complete opposite way of when we see the flashbacks, she's unnecessary. Yeah. 
And she's only there because she's supposed to be there with him. So we can look at him. Yeah. And, and, and so they completely waste all that time. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. And it could have very easily been, you know, good stuff that we can right. build on about her and have could more have of her going into the rest of the movie. Right. And they just, they totally they just throw them. that away yeah. because all she does, the only talking she does, the only thing that, uh, her only point in being in any of those flashbacks is to establish exactly where we are in the flashback. Right. She's already in love with him. Right. You know, she says well, she's way already in love with him. So now we know what time it is and, right. and then he can talk. And right? it's also a part of like when Batman is on the screen, you know, we have to see his origin story. You know, if you put Harley, right, Quinn, in, if right. you put Harley Quinn in a movie, we have to see this because it was in the animated thing and it'll look cool to see it. Right. You know, anyway, anyway. Uh, I, <laughs> I think we've thoroughly bashed that no. movie enough. Are we? Are you here? Uh, I'm not here. I'm not here next weekend. So uh, we're we're taking at least next weekend off. You're on your own for Pete's Dragon or Hell or High Water or whatever you see. Uh, Maybe we'll catch right. up. I think but... um, we will probably, as we wherever we go through, be covering Pete's Dragon. Right. Um, and uh, what else is it? Other interesting things. All I can think of is the crazy thing of is Hell or High Water. Nine Lives is out. Uh, oh, is that next week? The, no, Nine Lives is out already. Oh. Uh, I have no interest in seeing that movie just because I don't need another zero, right? right. <laughs> but uh, that is, uh, that's a movie too right. that is very odd, right? But it's, it's almost like a throwback to like 60s Disney movies. Right. where everything was camp and goofy yeah. and family friendly and kind of silly fun. Yeah. Uh, from the trailers, it looks like they understand why those movies were good <laughs> right. about as well as David Ayer understands right. why comic books are good. Yeah. So that's not really going to be fun. And then we've got uh Pete's dragon, right. blood father, sausage party. Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows what we'll make out of that. And then, uh, the next week is like Ben Hur and War Dogs and right. Kubo and the Two Strings, right. which looks which pretty looks awesome, awesome, actually. Yeah. But uh, and Imperium, um, which is the Daniel Radcliffe movie. Oh, that's the, yeah, um, right. So there, that might be okay. There's like a lot. There's a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks. Right. None of it is anything that's like a big push film other other than pete's dragon which is obviously like a big deal but uh the rest of it's kind of like a lot of little stuff but uh but yeah i won't be here next week so the following week yeah maybe you may not be here the following week right we'll figure it out we may be on a little bit of a zero sabbatical yeah it's the back to school break but anyway uh thanks for tuning in we're going to uh, take off. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, please, please uh, share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes and all that good stuff. And otherwise uh, trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.